You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. When I read these verses, you're automatically going to know he is speaking on this particular subject. But I'm not speaking on that subject like you think tonight. I want you to read with me, if you will, Romans 1.10. Romans 1.10. And it, read that verse, you'll probably figure it out. There's four words there that come right to your attention at the end. Ready, begin. Making request, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Turn with me, if you will, to chapter 8 of the book of Romans. Chapter 8, if you will. And again, as we get to the end of verse 27, you'll see the same thought. Ready? Let's begin to eight, chapter 8, verse 27. Begin. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. There you have that phrase again. There's a will of God. And believe it or not, I'm not speaking about the will of God tonight. But I want you to see these verses that deal with what we're going with tonight. Chapter 12, <clears throat> chapter 12, and verse 2. I always like to say of verse 2, verse 2 follows verse 1. And so many people want us to get all the convictions and standards and rules and regulations. I'm all for it. But those things are grievous to you in verse 2 if you don't get verse 1 ready, or correct first. You have to present your bodies. It's got to be, I give my will to you, dear God. And then verse 2 is not going to be an issue with the church or with the schools or with Christianity. The Bible says, and let's read it together, and you'll notice the last three words when we get to the verse. Ready, begin. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. I wonder if you go to chapter 15, this will of God keeps showing up here in the verses we're reading. In chapter 15, thank you for singing that song, Brother Reimers. I love it when you sing that. It's a good one. Chapter 15, verse 32. Are you ready? Begin. That I may come unto you with joy. Now we could keep going, but let's just go one more. 1 Corinthians 1 1. You find this will of God 23 times in the New Testament. God has a will for your life. And I'm not coming to you necessarily about that particular subject, God's will for you. But I want us to see this tonight in 1 Corinthians 1, 1. <clears throat> Ready? Begin. Paul called to be an apostle of the will of God. No, I'm not coming to you tonight to join a bus route. That's God's will for your life. I'm not coming there. Begin to teach Sunday school. 
Now, that would be a great thought, but that's not where we're going tonight. Is it to work in the nursery? That'd be a good will of God. Is it to join the choir? <clears throat> the will of God, pardon me. The will of God just means when it says God has a will for our life, he has a purpose. So we get all confused. Uh, what's the will of God? Well, the will of God is that God has a purpose for you. It's the word plan. God has a purpose or God has a plan. And God wants to get you in his plan. And God wants to get me in his plan. And God wants me to get in his purpose. But as our Heavenly Father has a plan and a purpose for our lives, he's mentioned 970 times the Father. It might be good if men in 2023, you do a study, and perhaps I should do the same, on the attributes of the Father. Tonight I come to you on behalf of leadership, a father in particular. So I'm not a father. Well, one day you may be a father, or you might be a, a father image to somebody. But I want you to know the attributes of the Heavenly Father ought to be mirrored in our lives. You know, to me, it was, it should have been, and I think it has been easy to understand what the Heavenly Father must be like in who he is. Because I had the most wonderful earthly father that mirrored the Heavenly Father. I'm coming to you tonight when we think of a will. There needs to be a will for all of our lives, whether you're a father or not. God has a will for every individual life. Are you following the will that God has ordained for you? Dad, do you realize that your children, there's a will for their life. It's not up to you to tell them what it is. Brother Van Dyke, uh, God, this week's the anniversary of your next Sunday, I think, you, you and Jackie, your son's home going, Billy, uh, adult young man, just a wonderful man. And God suddenly took him, and I, my, I hurt for you so badly to think of that. But you know, it's an amazing thing, though you were an officer, you were a, 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 a chief in the military, and our church probably perhaps doesn't know the fact that he has records of being a sharpshooter. He could, he could shoot the weapons and just was so accurate. But you did not force your will on Billy. You raised him. And in our life, our, our son became a preacher, Brother Tim. So excited, I believe later this week he'll be here, Lord willing, next Sunday. Uh, I, he needs to be around North Valley. He may be watching right now. But I just, I, I love our, we love our son. We're so excited that he's going to visit us. The son landed. Very, very excited about it. But you know, I never told Tim that every day of my life, I prayed that he'd be a preacher. I don't think there was a day goes by, and I would imagine my wife, I don't know, she may have prayed the same thing, that God would raise him up to be a preacher, and that God would raise our girls up to be servants of God Almighty. And it's amazing. All of our kids are in the ministry. It's wonderful. 
But here's the thing, I never told him. I never said, son, I think you're supposed to be a preacher. I just kept praying that God would call him. And then one day I found out while he was preaching in this pulpit, he said, I surrendered to preach. We went to college up in San Francisco at a church, and they let us use the church, Hamilton Square Baptist Church. And, and, and during the preaching that day, I think Brother Brad Boroff preached that day. And, and, but as he was preaching, Tim, I didn't know it. I, I found out years later that he surrendered to be the preacher in college to serve God. And you know, the thrill was that that was my answer to prayer in my life. God has a will for him, but I tried to get in a will to make experiences available for him so that he could find the purpose and the plan. We did not raise kids haphazardly. Would I like to do it over? Oh, yes. Who would I change? My wife? No. Who would I change? Those kids? No. I'd change me. I, I was in this thing. Every day, tried to have family devotions, have a breakfast with them. Mother had a dinner for them every night. We had a family. We had fun. We had enjoyment. We played sports. Every day, it was wonderful. But I wish I could have some redos with Jack. Because your pastor was not perfect as a father. I wish I could redo and be more sensitive. And I feel like I was sensitive. But I want you to know tonight that as a life and as a marriage, there is a will for your marriage. Are you in that will? Are, are you fulfilling that purpose? The purpose of your marriage is not to argue. What are you doing? Why are you arguing with your wife? Grow up. Well, I have emotional problems. Well, get over it. Just get over it. And so it's not that easy. Well, how are you going to handle it? Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. I mean, some therapist going to help you? Some shrink going to help you? Some medicine going to help you? Where could I go but to the Lord? So often we're not happy and content the position where God gave us. Where are you at with your life? Are you fulfilling a role, a purpose, a plan? Where are you at with your marriage? Are you do We're having... I think I could say for both of us, wake her up, will you please? Time to wake your mother up. But uh, I think we're, we're, we're having the best time of our life. We love life. We enjoy life together. I want as many days, weeks, months, years left with her as I can. If the Lord carries, I'd like to be able, I'd like to be able to be raptured. I don't want to follow a coffin, and I hope she doesn't have to either. Are you fulfilling the will, the, the position where God put you? Well, Pastor, you have it so easy. You have a strong marriage? We do. You have a great church? We do. But you know what, friend? Everybody has to conquer whatever the problem is. God has a plan for your life. You've got to figure out it and then work on the plan. You have to do your part. If God wants you to be a science teacher, you're going to have to take every class. You're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to learn all the different sciences. God wants you to be a history teacher, then you have to take it. You've got to get it. If God wants to call you to be a 
preacher, then you ought to put yourself in a, in a position where you can get all you can get. Why do you think brother, one of the reasons Brother Everson has all these preachers in? Because we want their lives to impact you. We want their lives and their testimony to change you. 50, 52 years ago, Ed Johnson came from Minnesota to college and preached in my college chapel. I have the notes in my, I typed it up in my manual typewriter after he got done preaching. Jonah chapter 1. The prodigal, chapter, the prodigal prophet. Chapter 2, the praying prophet. Chapter 3, the preaching prophet. Chapter 4, the pouting prophet. That's 52 years ago. That, that man's message made such an impact on my life. I was in Wisconsin. Pastor Sanders preached 52 years ago on a Wednesday night from Revelation chapter 5. Who owns the earth? Who has the keys to... To, to earth. Who's the owner of earth? I'll never forget as he opened up that scripture that day. I can remember, it just came alive. I wanted to glean. I can remember your dad going through 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and he said, I want you to see these words precious. And I went through those chapters, how many times precious. And he said, I want you to see the words suffer, or suffered, or suffereth, all the, or the sufferings in, in 1 and 2 Peter. Yeah, I, I remember your dad. That was 50 some years ago. What happened? Brother Everson, are you in church tonight? Right there in the front. I normally hear you snoring over here, so you're snoring over here tonight. I'm kind of confused. Thank you for having these preachers. They all have different deliveries. They all have different testimonies. Some were born in perfect homes. Some were born in situations that are very, very tough and very hard. But, but you know what? All that is there to try to get you to realize that there's a will for your life, and you better get in that, that will, a life. I'm spending so too much time on this introduction. Life, a marriage, a family. Are, are you guiding? You say, well, I don't believe that. I think God ought to do it. No, no, no. Train up a child. You have a job. Sunday afternoon might be a good time for dads to sit down and spend about an hour and say, what areas am I going to train this week in family Bible time? How am I going to train my family in family Bible time this week? How long is it going to be? What kind of songs are we going to sing? How can I get them to participate? If you're not accustomed to family Bible time, maybe you ought to just start five or six minutes a night for a month or two or three. And maybe go to 10. I'd never go long periods of time unless revival happens to just break out one time. How are you planning yourself to give yourself to your children? Wait, my son is now a, a junior or a senior in high school, or my daughter's a junior or a senior. Well, what are you doing to put the finishing touches on? God has a will for their life, and your will is to get conformed to God's will to help them the will that God has. So you put every experience out there. Do not tell your son he's supposed to be a preacher. Get him around some mechanics. When you build, rebuilt that motor, it would have been so great if some boys could have been there. And you're a good teacher. You like to talk about, here's what we're doing. It would have been good if some boys just would have watched that process. Because if some boys just came under Brother 
showed supervision and said, I want to watch how you do those breaks. It'd be good if your boys learned some things around here and your girls with computers and we have computer labs on both properties and, and they learn some things with the doctors. We have over 70 nurses and doctors in this church. If you would just on a Sunday night talk to them and take five minutes and talk to some of these kids about medicine, about maybe, maybe God's, God's created them for medicine. I want them all to be preachers. Preacher's wife, but maybe they're supposed to be a doctor. Maybe they're supposed to be a police officer. Maybe that we have the chaplain of the police department, Brother Pooh said, why don't you sit down and talk to him? Maybe he can take you to the police station. Some nights, parents, you may want to lock those kids up in the police station for the night. It'd be an interesting thing. God has a will for your kids. I'm talking to you tonight about God's will for your home. And so I live alone. Well, well, then find some people you can invest in. That's why the Sunday school is so important. Well, I'm old. Well, what's old? Well, I'm 58. You've got to be kidding me. Once you get involved in investing in Titus chapter 2, agent people helping. Helping. Because there's a life, there's a marriage. There, there's a church, there's a business. You, there, what? Okay, your business. What's the purpose of your business? I have a page in my directory of all the business people in our church. What's the purpose of your business? I don't say this, please, to be humorous at all. You're going to think it is. Brother Dennis is our mortician and our funeral director and owns a funeral home. Is, you're such a gift. You're on my list. He is such, I'm not, you use whoever you want to. I, I, about every six months I said, now Dennis, I'm going to do clothes, ca ca clothes uh, casket now, I think. I'm not sure. I still want an offering plate there for the bus ministry. But we used to say, I, I said, I want that wedding ring on top. And I said, what do you think you could do with this head? The hair, there's no hair up there. He goes, well, I know the face. We could put a lot of makeup. I said, I'm not having makeup. Brother Cooper may want makeup. I do not want makeup. Some of you have so much hair. If you all just put two strands and we weave it together, I'd have a full crop. I've watched, brother, I've watched him deal with people. There's a, a purpose for his life. There's a plan how he handles the family and works with people. There's, there's a, the, 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 what, what about your business? What's the purpose of your business? What's the plan for your business? If I owned a coffee shop, the first thing I would teach them is how to listen. I go to a coffee shop early in the morning if I have a gift card. And I, and I don't need a gift card, so please, I'm not asking for one. But if I have a gift card, I go, and I'll say, I'll take a, let's not, I'll say, I'll take a medium coffee with cream. Okay, that's a medium coffee with sugar? No! It's a medium coffee with cream. What size do you say? Medium! But boy, I had a young lady 
make six mistakes a couple weeks ago. Six. Six. She wasn't listening. You know, my, my plan, I'm, I'm trying to pour. I can hardly wait to teach my class to the preacher boys this week. We're teaching about the second man, and I've got an I've got a assignment for them during class they have to do this week. I'm so excited because I'm trying to do everything to get them ready for the first 100 days in their ministry. Whether a youth pastor and a bus director, a Sunday school teacher, a Sunday school director, a maintenance man, the first, the president has 100 days. <laughs> a lot of things run through my head right now about the first 100 days. But a young man going to the ministry, he doesn't have two years to get it. He better hit the road running. He has to have a plan. He ought to be in Bible. If you're going to marry some Ralph girls, he better have a plan what he's supposed to. Get out. Guy doesn't know where he's going. Ought to have a plan. Ought to have a purpose. And so our Heavenly Father has a will. Dads, I'm coming to you in particular, and of course mothers as well. You must have a definite plan for your children. You must have a plan. How are you going to teach this week love for God and love for man? How are you going to teach that? But not only by example, but instruction. How are you going to do that? How are you going to teach this week respect? And honesty. How are you going to how are you going to teach thrift? J.C. Penny in this book that we have uh, the lines of alignment for you. J.C. Penny taught about how important it is for young people to learn thrift. And I'm so thankful for your parents that instead of spending five hundred dollars on tennis shoes, you're only spending three hundred dollars. And by the way. You want to get them a 300 pair? Let them buy it. I won't get off on this. But you know these things called cell phones? My wife thinks I need to, she's got a seven, I think, or six or seven, eight, somewhere there, and they're up to 14 now. It's a flip phone, you know, it works great. Parents, you say, well, pastor's against everything. I want to get your kids to a wedding altar clean. I don't know how, I don't know how these kids are coming up with these $1,000 phones. $1,000 phones. How's that happening? Well, they're 10 years old. Everybody else has one. Why? You raised a good son, Brother Dan and Shelly. He's a military man. He's amazing. At 10 years of age, did you want to give him the keys to the car? Of course not. It's not ready. Your kids are not ready for cell phones. I know some of your parents, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a good, I don't know what they're called. You know, you have a little phone and they can maybe take a picture. They can call mom or call dad or call grandpa or grandma. And I, I know all that. They can't do all this. Ta uh, whatever it is, the minimum for safety, thank God for those. 
but they don't need a, 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 a number 27. They don't need to be connected to the internet. See, I, I, my goal is to, I, I go to elementary chapel this week because I want to help you have these kids present to them a purpose and a plan so maybe they'll want to do something with their lives. Maybe they want to be a gardener or a mechanic or a police officer or a doctor or a youth pastor or a coach or a teacher or a pastor. I want to invest in those little kids. I want to invest in the high school kids. Because I feel like every time I go, there's a purpose. I'm trying to get them to see that God has a purpose and God has a plan. And don't throw it in the garbage can because you have something you want to do. How are you going to teach this week? Dedication. How are you going to teach this week? Compassion. How are you going to teach in your family this week? Masculinity. Masculinity is not tight little jeans on boys and tight little t-shirts and they walk like this with one foot and men don't walk with one foot and then they stand like this and I cannot even do it. I see this kind of stuff. What is that about? Why? Boys, boys, men, hey, don't, don't, don't. Go on and and figure out how masculine it is. Ask John Morris Jr. over here. Ask the men of this church. And you know what I find out? The girls like it when the guys like look that way in this society. Oh, yeah, yeah, boy, you fundamentalist. No, I want your boys to fulfill the will of God that they're men. They're not twinks, they're not fruitcakes, not weirdos, strange, taking their lives because they don't fit anywhere. And by the way, you knew it was coming. I want the girls to be feminine. But we have volleyball, I'm so glad we do for girls. I've never gone to a volleyball game because I feel... There's nothing wrong. You dads ought to go. You uncles, the kids, I think it's great. But I feel so awkward sitting there watching these girls. <laughs> you've watched it. And, and that's how you've been to do that. You know, and talk, talk, You know, and it's not bad. I tell you what, we're not having basketball around here. I, I, I have a daughter, a granddaughter in seventh grade, have a granddaughter in seventh and now I've gone to three volleyball games. And quite frankly, Brother Fenera, I think they're great. I find that I'm up in the bleachers up there talking to a bunch of the men around me. We're trading recipes. <laughs> talking about crocheting. That the leader of it now is Jose Sarabia. He's the guy that gives us all the, the recipes, and his crocheting is just breathtaking. It's just, it's just wonderful. You know, I watched a 
not here, a girl's Christian school several years ago, and these girls go up for a layup, and they bump one another with, that's not femininity. Girls, you be careful on the, on the volleyball court. I'm not saying we ought to go out there, oh, where's the, boy, put Miss Treber out there. She'd play for, she'd play for blood. We want to win. If you have to cheat, do it. It's just, we're going to win. Well, maybe not cheat. Real close, though. I want a generation of men and women that mirror what God's plan is there for. God's plan for you ladies is not to be a man, and it's not for you men to be soft. How are you going to teach this week conviction and courage and work ethic? When we had kids in a home, I just believed that they ought to work. They eventually came to work at the church, but not at first. Several years, Tabitha, you worked in a computer company. I wanted some other boss to tell her. Not the Christian school, not the pastor, not some other staff member. I wanted some perhaps unsafe. We checked the environment. She worked there as a receptionist for several years. Tiffany went to work, and she, her first job, she was working in one of these things where they sell, nick, sell things for a, I don't know what it was called. You're trying to tell me. Country clutter. Some of us have houses like that. <laughs> she could work in your house. And she had to have an employer. Brother Tim at first went to the golf course and had the jobs. And you know what? I never knew it until I heard him preaching to youth one day. Years later, he said, I had to make a decision when they came and offered me drugs. Brother England, I was so sad that I wasn't aware of that. I tried to keep my eyes on things. I wanted some, somebody other than a Christian school teacher and a Christian coach and a Christian pastor saying, hey, I'm not going to take this laziness. You show up on time. You're going to have to work. They all got in the ministry, but they had some secular employment first. They got to watch it nowadays more than even we had to. How are you going to teach work ethic this week? How are you going to teach these boys that we don't have a lawn? Well, we got a lawn down here. Let's have 13 times a day different families cut a piece of the lawn and get used to use a mower, using a weed eater. You never put a rake, especially a steel rake, up. You always put it upside down. You never put a flat nose shovel or, 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 or <coughs> pardon me, any kind of shovel where it's up, where you step on it and it hits you in the head or face. I want to say tonight, listen, listen, let's teach these boys how to work. Let's tell, teach them how to use a sledgehammer. Beat that thing. Beat that concrete out, Brother David. Learn how to shovel sand and learn how to shovel gravel. Work! See, there's a will for you. I, I, I'm, I'm still an introduction, but I'll finish. How are you going to teach kindness this week and the family this week? Your family needs to be so respectful. The boys to the girls and the girls to the boys and the dad to the mother and the mother to the dad. Respect, honor, value. I don't know if you're aware of this, but most of the time, I'm giving away some, 
secrets down. I try to set you people up to say something good. Sometimes I set you up by saying, well, this boy, I bet he's a naughty boy. Well, you sure got that right. I was setting you up so you could say, he's a great son, Pastor. And then I was going to say, I know he is. Boy, this, this little girl, I bet she's a bossy little number. Did you get the idea? Don't agree with me on something like that. No, no, Pastor, she's not bossy. She's the sweetest little thing. I said, you know, I thought so. And let me help you, then I'm proud of how you're turning into such a sweet little girl. It's amazing. I set some people up so often through my life, and they bite on that and say, yeah, yeah, you're talking about my wife. Now, we have fun with that in Deacon's meeting. Tuesday night's Deacon's meeting. I can hardly wait, Brother Mark. I know you got some things to unload on us about wives and all this. And what stays, and what we, we, we say in the deacon's meeting stays in the deacon's meeting. Oh, but so, we feel so, you wouldn't believe, Jackie Van Dyke, what your husband said about you last month. Oh, it was so awesome. I would never want to hurt your family. I'm trying to get you prepared. I got to get done. I smell those hot dogs. Someone's Someone's out there. Oh, I'm listening to the surface online, Pastor. We're going to have to see who that was. How are you going to teach heart for your kids? How are you going to teach your kids to handle trials? Let, let your kids handle some of their trials, and you be there to listen. Don't handle all their trials. I have to go back to Tim. He had some trials. In high school, I knew nothing about. And, and there was a staff member that was kind of harsh because he's the preacher's son. And you know what? I don't think that staff member meant evil, but it wasn't right. I can remember a man when Tim was in the children's program on Wednesday nights. And he said, Pastor, I want you to know a bunch of boys got in trouble tonight, but I sat Tim in the corner and made an example out of him. I said, what do you do with the other boys? He said, I was sending a message to them that they're doing that too, but even though he's the pastor's son, he's going to get in trouble. I said, but they didn't. I'll never forget that man because he had such a humble spirit. I said, why would you punish him for being my son? You got want my son to hate the ministry? I said, he should have sat in the corner if he was naughty. Sometimes I see so much of his mother when he was growing up in him. But I said, he, yes, he should have sat in the corner. But if the other boys did wrong, they should have sat in the corner too. And I explained it to him. And he said, you know what? I think I was wrong there, Pastor. But I said, I think you're doing real right right now. You're blessing my heart. Instead of welling up with pride, it was wrong. Maybe, maybe you want to figure out how you're going to handle that. If I'm not mistaken, I think, I think he went and next week apologized to son, our son. You know what? He was helping our boy. I don't want to handle every problem. Uh, parents, let, let, let kids find disappointment in life. They're going to have it all through life. L let them support authority. Let them learn dependability. Let them learn to listen. For a child, here it is, dads. I, I get, I'm not even going to get to this. Now. Let me try to summarize where I can go without even getting to all my points. So Proverbs 29, 15 
A child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Not his father, his mother to shame. Could you help set a plan and a, and a purpose in his life and in her life and in your marriage? Does your wife even know where you're going? Does she even know? <laughs> About a year ago, I said, Miss Treber and I, you need to know, I do have a life insurance policy. Oh, how much? <laughs> I said, honey, I've got to die in order for it to be good. She goes, you got any plans? <laughs> Boy, that, I bet that really wounded you. Come on. Can't you have fun in your marriage? Parents, you're going to have to get engaged. My son, hear the instruction of a father. Teach values, Dad, by example, by instruction. I'd like to get to all the things I want to talk about, parents, and then especially the scripture I want you to see about children, your response. You can, you can fight it, but I think for the sake of time, we'll close it down tonight. You kids, be careful that you don't find the person of least resistance and go to them for counsel. A grandfather, a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, or someone that's not on the same page your parents are, they're, they're trying to, they're, your parents are trying to train you and get a purpose for your life and get a goal for your life and get a, a, a plan for your life. I've watched in 47 years pastoring here, I've watched sometimes kids get sideways and they go, and by the way, it normally doesn't last long at grandma's house. She gets tired of it too, or the uncle or the aunt. Absalom was a rebel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, he went, Absalom discovered that he had a grandfather, Grandpa Talmai, the king of Geshur. The Bible tells us that he was a heathen. But you get over to chapter, I want to say, 6. He got sideways with his dad, Absalom. And you know where he went? The place of least resistance. He went to Grandpa Talmai. He said, I want the influence of, I don't want the influence of my mother, my dad. They, they, they want to dot the I and cross the T. Yeah, because they don't like you. No, the truth is they would give their lives for you in a heartbeat. I'd do anything for our kids and grandkids, anything I could. If it was right and moral and legal, I'd do anything. Brother Fenner is our son-in-law. We could not thank you, Sam and Julie, for giving him to us. It's not legal, but if he needed my heart, his heart was not, I would gladly give my heart up for him to have it so he could live and raise those kids and have the joy that we had. But Chuck Flood, you'd do the same. And you wouldn't think twice. Your kids and your grandkids, you'd do anything for them. Anything for them. Some of you kids, you don't like what your parents believe, or they have me in this church, or they have me in this youth group, or they have me in the school, or have me in the elementary. I don't like it. Well, you're like Absalom. How did he die? Died a sad death.
I feel like there's so much I have that I've left out. I really didn't get to develop it, but let me close it. God has a will for our lives. I need to find it. One way I found it, by every open door that God gave, I always walked through it. Would you teach Jack second grade boys? I did. Jack, will you be the janitor? I did. Jack, would you mow the lawn at church on Saturdays? I did it. Jack, will you go every Sunday, 7th grade through 12th grade, to two different nursing homes every week of your life, 7th grade through 12th grade? I did it. Not that I was a good Christian. I, I wanted in on everything. Jack, would you play trumpet? I did. Would you play in the, in the church orchestra? I did. Jack, will you play a duet with your nephew, with your cousin? You're in sixth grade. He's in third. Will you play day by day and with each passing month? We did. He's a pastor today, and I'm a pastor. Jack, would you go to, would you go to Platteville, Wisconsin, and open up a church? I did. Would you go over to Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and, and lead the music there? We did. Would you go to Rockville, Illinois, and, and, and God had it planned that my wife would be there? I did. Jack, will you come to Santa Clara Church at six months old with 20 people? Yes, I'll go. God gives you opportunity. It's always yes. You'll get in the plan and the purpose of God. Stop saying no to your parents. Stop. It's going to hurt you. Stop saying no to some authority that's trying to help you. Stop saying no to God. We're out of time. Father, I love these people so much. I, I feel like I shortchanged them tonight. I've got so much to say. I've tried to develop this truth, and I never really got it old. I hope that somehow it got across. Every parent is responsible to place their children in an environment that those children can find the purpose and the plan. So they, they must keep them in good schools. They must keep them around good people. They must be Sunday school. They must sit in the right place in the building. They can't miss Sunday school. They need to get there. Setting the right example. Our Father, tonight, we, we can't be casual with this thing. We are, we're at eternity. It's knocking at the door. May we do right by our children and our grandchildren. Bless these dear, dear people. Perhaps, and I believe, the most amazing church that's trying to give opportunities and responsibilities and training and teaching to their children, grandchildren. They're amazing. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Some of you, man, you say, well, I'm not a preacher. Put that aside. You have talents I don't have. If it's in construction, if it's in, in some area, computers, or you know some things. I'm not saying your son has to be our daughter, computer program, but expose them to the learning of it. Expose them how to learn how to plant a lawn and fertilize a lawn and paint a wall and, and how to work on a car and how to wash a car and how to give them that opportunity. Our job is to help people Find why they're here, their purpose. And I love it, Lord. I, I love it. You know, people, church, man, I love helping you try to help your family. Your purpose here in marriage is not to argue. 
be mad at one another. That's not the purpose. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.